Today is going to be different. Normally we speak on messages that either are a precursor to a new series, but today this is a stand-alone message. Next week we'll begin a new series, but this is a a message that I've just been working on in my heart uh, that I believe is for this moment. I believe that this morning earlier at our Cutler campus that God worked some healing in hearts through this message, just like I know He's going to work healing in hearts here as well as on live stream. This message, I believe, is going to show you a key for releasing. And I believe it's going to bring healing to families. Uh, it's, it's designed to speak to specifically parents and their adult children. Because I believe that there are people that are stuck today because of unhealed wounds that have existed for a while in families. And this morning, I believe God is going to minister through the Holy Spirit, the oil of healing. Are you ready for it? I'm ready to deliver. I'm like, you know, little Caesars. I'm hot and ready. I'm hot and ready. I'm I'm ready to deliver this word today. (laughs) And for those of you that are watching uh, on live stream, I just want you to be open to what God is going to do in your life as well. I want to begin this message with five statements. And I want you to determine in your mind whether they are true or false. Okay, we're going to begin with five statements. And I want you to determine in your mind whether they are true or false. Here's statement number one. A person should not be forgiven until he asks for it. A person should not be forgiven until he asks for it. Statement number two. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and pain caused. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and pain caused. True or false? Statement number three. Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting a relationship. True or false? Statement number four. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. True or false? And statement number five. When you see somebody hurt, it is your duty to forgive the offender. Now, if you said true to any of those statements, you're wrong. If you said false to all of those statements, you're right. It is so important that we understand what forgiveness is and what it isn't. A person should not be forgiven until he asks for it. That's false. Because if you hold on to unforgiveness, it will damage you. Unforgiveness does more damage in the life of the person that it's stored in than the life that it's of the person that it's poured out on. Forgiving includes minimizing the offense and pain caused. False. The reality is to forgive doesn't mean you deny that the pain was deep. 
that the wound did hurt you profoundly. Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting a relationship. False. Because the reality is some people will not acknowledge that they did you wrong. Some people will not accept that they did hurt you. And some people will not change. They will continue to be uh, perpetrators of pain. And that doesn't mean that you have to bring them back into your life. You can set boundaries, loving limits that say, if you want to keep hurting and hurting others, that's fine, but it's not going to come here. I have a boundary here that says no more. And it's not that you don't want to restore the relationship. It's just because that person is unwilling to accept their responsibility. Number four, you haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten the offense. Here's the reality. You and I will never forget what was done to us. We won't forget it. Now, the Bible speaks of forgetting the things which are behind, but you need to understand that the word forget, as it's used there in Philippians 3, doesn't mean to erase from the memory. What it means is no longer influenced or affected by. To forget in the Bible means to be no longer influenced or affected by. That means that through Jesus, when He comes and heals my heart, it doesn't mean that everything is erased from my memory that is do- that has been done to me or that was wrong, that people did to my life. But what it means now through Jesus, I have the strength that whenever that memory comes by, I don't have to stay stuck. I can continue forward because now through His healing work and grace, I have been made whole and able to move on regardless of the memory that comes back up. And then when you see somebody hurt, it is your duty to forgive the offender. No, it's not. It's the duty of the offender to acknowledge they're wrong and to deal with the person directly that they've offended. Now, last month, I went through a five-day Bible plan on the YouVersion Bible app titled Prayers of Blessing Over My Adult Children. Prayers of Blessing Over My Adult Children. And I will be posting a link on our church's uh, Facebook page after the service today. And I, I encourage you that if you want to continue to grow in understanding how to experience reconciliation or healing in your relationship with your adult children, to go on that app and to go through it. Now, one of the days of the plan really spoke to me concerning a key for releasing I believe that there is a releasing, an unbinding, an unlocking that needs to take place in both parents and adult children. A releasing that is restricted due to failing to apply the key that I want to focus on today. As we prepare to look into this key, I want to invite my son Nathan to come and share about what he shared with me was a key to break through in our relationship. So would you welcome with me my son, I call him Nate the Great. Come on, Nate. Thank you. Uh, first, of all, first off, I just want to uh, get my mask on so you guys know it's brief. Uh, not to worry about that. And I was sharing in Cutler. Uh, my dad asked me about three weeks prior to this message. And I said, of course. And I was last week in the booth uh, covering for my sister with Roberto, and he said, man, they're going to put your picture up there, huh? And here I am. So uh, 
anyways, I just want to uh, just share with you what had happened with me. Um, it was about March last year. I had to come back and ask for help from my parents. I was dealing with some addictions in my life. And uh, it wasn't even a, a, a humbling experience. It was a broken experience that I had to go through. And, uh, and I just want to just uh, share with you uh, what happened um, as far as how it applies with you guys. And I just know the enemy, the devil, just wants to disrupt the family. He wants to tear apart relationships in the family. And that's what I believe he's done here in America. We have a lot of hurt children yes. here today in this day yes. and age. But I want to share with you Malachi 4.6 uh, is an important verse because in the end times it speaks of Jesus, the Father, and the Lord. Uh, the children's hearts will be turned back to the fathers. The father's hearts will be turned back to yes. the children. Yes. And with that, um, that's why uh, there's another version that says restored. And that's what I want to share with you guys. Our God is a God of restoration. He heals relationships. And uh, that's what happened with my father. Um, also in the Bible, um, it shares of Jesus' compassion. He looked on those with compassion. And that's what had happened with me and my father. Um, I grew up, and my dad was real strict, real stern with me. And, and that's where I believe uh, Jesus is a generational curse breaker. You know, um, my, I didn't know what happened with my father. And he'll share with you a little bit. But um, with me, there was that. Um, restriction that the devil wanted to put there that that blockage in our relationship and um, as I saw my father this time around have compassion towards me I knew something was different the desire for him to have a relationship like I with him was different and uh, with that um, it just brought healing to my life and in our relationship and uh, it's just awesome because it was like uh, the presidential debate. It was like Biden and Trump. We would get into it, and we didn't want to, you know, make reconciliation with each other, and I would go do my own thing. And I had that hurt that I would carry with me. But um, that's why with that, uh, as my father, yeah, uh, um, I was able to see this time around that. But, man, when he, the devil couldn't do anything anymore as far as that. So he attacked my father first physically and then me after but just to see the way that my fathers continue to change and, and continue to love me for who I am and, and just show me practically, no matter what, I'm for you. And I want to be there for you. That just changed my life and changed my heart. And I just want to encourage you guys with that today. I want you to understand that what I'm sharing with you today is not from just a book or material or stuff that I've researched. It's out of life experience. I was left wounded after my earthly father passed away when I was about to turn 18 years of age. There were unhealed areas in our relationship. And it, you've heard it said, hurt people hurt people I was very stern with my son growing up because that's what I knew but God in his grace showed me that he truly is a father to the fatherless and I was able to walk through a journey through counseling Christian counseling and 
dealing with those areas that were wounded in my soul. Christian counselor Dan Holford from TMI Counseling Services in Visalia. God used him to walk me through a journey of healing in my relationship with my father that was now in the presence of God. Now remember, he instructed me on one occasion, I want you to write out about you and your dad. Now as I was writing, there was a certain portion of that letter that I was writing that caused me to break down and cry. And I knew this is an area that was not resolved. An area where I felt that there was healing needed to be done. Now, I remember going back and taking him the letter, and he looked at it, and he said, this was hard, wasn't it, to write? I said, it was. He goes, that's what we're going to go after. And I'm here to tell you that even though my dad wasn't here and I wasn't able to enjoy that restored relationship to its fullest level, I've enjoyed a healthy relationship with the God who truly is, as he said in his word, a father to the fatherless. And I want you to know that even if today, as you hear this message, you say, but pastor, you don't understand. My dad's gone or my father is absent from my life. He doesn't really have a concern about coming back into my life. I'm here to tell you, regardless of that, through God being allowed to become your father, I guarantee you, your heart will be healed. And even if this never gets right, this horizontal relationship with your father never gets right, your vertical relationship with your heavenly father will make you right and empower you to be able to break the curse and see your family blessed. In his book, What's So Amazing About Grace?, Philip Yancey tells the story of Ernest Hemingway. Hemingway grew up in a very devout evangelical family, and yet in that home he never experienced the grace of Christ. He lived a libertine life, meaning a life with disregard towards morality that most of us would call dissolute. But there was no father, no parent waiting for him, and he sank into the mire of a graceless depression. A short story he wrote perhaps reveals the grace that he hoped for. It is a story of a Spanish father who decided to reconcile with his son who had run away to Madrid. The father, in a moment of remorse, takes this ad out in El, El Libro, a newspaper. The ad read, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montaña, noon, Tuesday. All is forgiven, Papa. When the father arrived at the square in hopes of meeting his son, he found 800 Pacos waiting to be reunited with their father. Was Paco such a popular name? Or... Is a father's forgiveness, the salve, the healing ointment for every soul? Is a father's desire to reconcile the ache that 
cries out in the soul of a child saying, please, let's reconnect. Well, I'm here to tell you, because of the Father in heaven, even if there's been dysfunction because of woundedness in your life, even if there's been a lack of a healthy parent-child relationship, our Father in heaven can heal. He can heal the brokenhearted. He can set you free from that feeling of, I haven't had what everybody else has had. No, my friend, you can have better than what the devil is lying to you about. Because God will restore beyond what you've lost. That's His character. That's His nature. That's His mercy. That's His goodness. Gandhi said, you've never heard me quote Gandhi, but I'm going to quote him right now. He said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Now let's look at three stages of forgiveness. The first stage of forgiveness focuses on God. The first stage of forgiveness focuses on God. If you struggle with how you parented your children, then the first stage of forgiveness is to realize that God awaits your confession of mistakes and sins. The first stage of forgiveness requires you and I to acknowledge and admit, I have blown it. In my parenting, I have fallen short. In my parenting, there are specific moments when I know that I have not been the ideal parent to my child. And it is at that moment when the Holy Spirit brings up to you the reality of, you failed in this area or you're blowing it here that it is important to confess to God why because you're acknowledging you're admitting your wrongdoing but the good news is God will forgive you when you fess up first John 1 9 in the Amplified Bible reads this way if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. He is faithful and just, true to His own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins. Notice, and cleanse us, when? Continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with His will and purpose. Then the psalmist goes on to pen these words in Psalm 32, 5. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not hide my wickedness. I said I will confess all my transgressions to the Lord. Notice, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah, which means pause and reflect. Listen, parent, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We are imperfect. But the good news is, there's a perfect God with perfect love, who says, if you'll admit, if you'll confess that you did wrong, if you'll confess it, 
I will forgive you. I will release you of the debt that you owe. Why? Because I poured out the wrath of my holiness being needed to be satisfied upon my son on the cross. He took your punishment so that you don't have to keep on living under the guilt and the penalty of sin. And the moment that you come in sincerity and confess to me, I will wash you. I will cleanse you. I will make you white as snow. I will not hold your past against you. I will release you from it. (laughs) He's a great papa. He's a great daddy. I'm telling you. He forgives. Pastor David Villa, or Via, in a sermon he preached titled, Be Forgiven, shared the following. A London psychiatrist once told Dr. Billy Graham that 70% of the people in treatment in England could be released if they could find forgiveness. Their problem he said, was guilt. And they could find no relief from the grief and pressure under which they lived. Often people are told they have nothing to be guilty about. And in some circumstances, that is true. Some people feel guilty about things they have not done. Things that have been done to them by responsible adults who have abused and misused them. They need help to see who is to blame. But most people with the guilty conscience don't need to be told that they are guiltless. Deep down, they know there's something to be guilty for. And what they need is not to hear that they are guiltless, but that they are forgiven. And I'm saying to you today that when you come to God in sincerity and in truth, meaning that you come without reservation of holding back from him but freely confessing this is what i did and i'm sorry for it god please forgive me the moment you come like that you are assured he will forgive you but watch this not only will he forgive you but he'll cleanse you in other words i'm going to wipe away the guilt i'm going to wipe away the shame i'm going to wipe away the dirt i'm going to wipe away what the enemy has been using stuck to you to try to keep you stuck i'll wash it away from you that's our father now the second stage of forgiveness focuses on your children. In the Bible app that I told you about that I went through that inspired me to, to work on this message, it gives some practical pointers under this thought. And I want to share with you what I got out of it and what I read in the Bible app regarding application for this point when the time is right tell your children one at a time that you want to speak to them of their childhood start by sharing your love for them and then say something like I wish I had been a better father mother to you when you were growing up 
I realize that I failed you by. Be specific. Especially the times when. Fill in the blank. I take full responsibility for my mistakes and sins and humbly ask you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? Don't defend or excuse your previous actions. Just seek your adult child's forgiveness. It's critical that you are as specific as you can be regarding the wounds of the past. Since unforgiveness is related to a specific wound or to specific wounds. Don't fall into the trap of saying, I know I wasn't the perfect parent. Will you forgive me? Ask forgiveness for those things that were most painful to your children. When you are finished and the child has forgiven you, ask this follow-up question. I know that I forgot some other things that hurt your heart. Would you share them so that I can apologize? You cannot overestimate the power of your adult child forgiving you. And you cannot overestimate the healing that will occur and fill both your hearts. I'm telling you, I wasn't able to get it all right with my earthly father. He was gone before it could all be all right. But through my heavenly father, he made things right in my heart. And I found freedom. And I'm saying to you, your parent may be breathing and living but having nothing to do with you but it doesn't have to stop you from being healed because our father in heaven truly is a father to the fatherless he will come and be more than your god he will become your parent your heavenly father who is for you and he will heal you The third stage of forgiveness focuses on you. The final stage relates to you, parent, forgiving yourself for these painful parenting mistakes or sins. Listen to what I'm going to say next. May it be etched on your mind. Jesus died so that a holy God could forgive you for all your sins. So don't try to be more holy than God and not choose to forgive yourself. Jesus died so that a holy God could forgive you of all your sins. So don't try to be more holy than God and not choose to forgive yourself. The accuser, the devil is going to come and say, this, that though, and you need to remind him, that, this, has, 
has already been settled because I haven't kept it. I've released it to God who is the truth. You're a liar. The God of truth says when I confessed it, he forgave me. You got to forgive yourself especially when you've done your part because I'm telling you there are some that will not reciprocate what you're doing whether it's the parent or the child the adult child they may not be ready yet or may not want to release you from the debt but if you've done your part you've gone through the process You need to know you've been released from the debt in the eyes of God. And you don't have to wear the shame anymore. You don't have to be tied and held back from moving forward in your life anymore. You've got to learn to forgive yourself. There's a classic story that I love sharing A little boy visiting his grandparents was given his first slingshot. He practiced in the woods, but he could never hit his target. As he came back to grandma's backyard, he spied her pet duck. On an impulse, he took aim and let fly. The stone hit and the duck fell dead. The boy panicked, desperate. He hid the dead duck in the woodpile, only to look up and see his sister watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? Then she whispered in his ear, Remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa came by and asked if the children wanted to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I really need Sally to help me prepare supper. Sally smiled and said, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. Again, she whispered in his ear, remember the duck. Johnny stayed while Sally went fishing. After several days of Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, finally he couldn't stand it. He confessed to Grandma that he killed the duck. I know, Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing. Because I love you, I forgave you. I wondered how long you would allow Sally to make a slave of you. And there are many, many, many who are slaves to the lies of the accuser, the devil, who has you thinking you've got to stay stuck in life. You've got to accept the fact that you're guilty for the rest of your life. There's no way you can live fruitfully in a fulfilled life the way you think you can. You're stuck. But I'm saying to you, if you've come to God in true repentance 
and you've sought to reconcile and you've done your part, you need to forgive yourself and realize I am no longer stuck. I am no longer held my back by my past. My past is not but my potential. I'm forgiven. Therefore, I have a future. I have hope because of a God who says, I've forgiven you. The Bible says in Micah 7:19, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Did you get that? You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. I love what Corey Ten Boom said. She said, God takes our sins, past, present, and future, and dumps them in the sea and puts up a sign that says, no fishing allowed. I love that. Quit going to the sea to fish for those sins that have been forgiven and start celebrating the freedom that is yours through Jesus Christ. As I began to bring plane to a descent and a landing, I want to do so by sharing with you what forgiveness is as well as what it isn't. Forgiveness is surrendering my heart, my right rather, to hurt you because you hurt me. Let me say that again. Forgiveness is surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. Forgiveness does not pretend there was no offense. It does not dismiss wrongdoing. It does not say, oh, that's all right. Forget it. True forgiveness is realistic. True forgiveness is willing to face the facts. Lewis Meads gave a great definition. Forgiveness is going to a person either in your fantasies or in reality and saying, I don't understand. I'll never understand. It wasn't okay and isn't okay, but I forgive you. Forgiving doesn't make a person a doormat. Forgiving isn't the same as tolerance. Forgivers don't have to be fools. Forgiving is healing yourself of something that happened to you that you cannot tolerate. But you forgive it as the only way to heal the wound that it left you with. You forgive somebody and you began to dance instead of wallow. You began to walk with God. You set a prisoner free and you discover the prisoner you set free was you. The scripture says in Ephesians 4:32, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You know at the root of it, the word forgive means to let go. If you study the Old Testament, in particular the book of Leviticus, 
There was a a ceremony that they would do, a, a ritual that they would do on the Day of Atonement. The high priest would take two goats. One of the goats was offered as a sacrifice on that Day of Atonement. The other goat, what he would do is he would place his right hand on the head of the goat and he would pronounce the sins of the people on that goat. It was as if the goat was taking on the sins of the people. And then there was a person assigned to take that goat outside of the camp of the people, away from what, further than their eye could see. And it was symbolic of their sins being taken away. And then that person, after he was out of sight, was to let that goat go. Meaning, the sins of the people have been released from them. That's what happens when God forgives you. He's letting go of the debt that you owe. We are called then to reciprocate that to those that have wounded us, to let go of the debt that we feel they owe us or that they owe us. Release it. Release the anger. Release the resentment. Release the bitterness. This past week, I read and concluded reading a book entitled, Don't Quit in the Dip. Don't Quit in the Dip, written by Pastor Sean Nepstad. And in the book, I loved, as I was concluding it, he shares about a picture God gave him to help him think differently about forgiveness. Here's what he writes. I'm on top of a tall skyscraper. In San Francisco. I have a long thick rope tied around my waist. At the other end of the rope is a piano that has just been pushed off the side of the building. It's only a matter of seconds before all the slack is gone and the piano pulls me over the edge. I really want to hold on to the piano, but I'll die if I do. See, He writes, most of us have a hard time forgiving others because in our minds, we don't want to give them anything. But forgiveness is not about giving them something. It's releasing something. It's me untying the rope from around my waist, choosing life over death. Because if I don't, that piano, will pull me over the edge. He applies it by writing, that might be where you are. That bitterness is pulling you over the edge. It's killing you. It's hindering you. It's keeping you from living the John 10.10 life more abundantly life Jesus came to bring. You can't focus on living when you're just trying not to be pulled over the edge. You can't get close to anyone when you're just trying not to be pulled over. So untie the rope and release it. Release the offense. Release your pain. Release feelings of revenge. And experience the freedom that comes from complete forgiveness. That's what's available today. Complete forgiveness. Maybe the relationship will be restored 
maybe not. But if your relationship with God is right, then in your life, everything will be all right. It won't be a walk in the park, but it will be a walk with Jesus that can handle whatever terrain you have to walk through. I'm telling you, when you're right with Him, it doesn't matter what's wrong out here. You'll be able to be more than a conqueror. So today I want to say to you, parents of adult children, make it right. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you and said, there's some things that you need to make right in your relationship with your children. Apply what's been shared with you. Children that have been wounded, make it right. Release, let go. But you say, Pastor, my parent hasn't come to me or won't acknowledge they're wrong. Their wrong doesn't have to keep you in the wrong as well. You can be freed by making the choice to the God who says, I'll be your strength and help to get it right in here. And when you're right in here, I'm telling you, your life begins to be fruitful and to flourish the way God said it could through Him. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your presence here right now. I believe You have spoken to us today. In fact, I know You have. You've spoken to hearts that have been broken to heal. To heal. To heal. To heal. To heal. Yes, to heal right now. If you're in this building right now and you say, Pastor Angel, God spoke to me through this word and there's some healing that I need in my life. I want you to just stand right now. No shame, but if you know this word has struck a chord in you, stand because I believe that as you're standing, you're standing for your freedom. You're standing for your freedom. And I believe God's going to honor that. I'm not here to embarrass anyone. I'm just here to direct you to take a step in the right direction. To take a stand for your healing today. I believe God is healing. At the Cutler campus, I shared with them that there's a song that has ministered to my life in times when I've known God is calling me to surrender my heart to Him afresh. The PW crew is going to sing it right now. Have it all. And I just want you as you're standing, and you're at home, and the lyrics come on, I want you to join in and make this song your prayer. And as you're surrendering, I'm telling you, as you surrender, that's where the healing begins to take place. I believe God's healing oil, ointment, is going to be applied to your heart and mind right now.